We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app when we think about problems young people could encounter through social media our first thoughts may be about bullying sexual content and such but if some kids are seeing or receiving such things some other kids may be sending them and those young people could be in trouble with the law that is a warning that is coming right from the bench so stay tuned i'm political editor craig delamore and this is at issue My guests this weekend are two of the top judges in the Kane County courts. They've developed a statewide program to enlighten teenagers about the consequences of using technology the wrong way. The program is called Worries of the World Wide Web, and it was created by Kane County Judges Clint Hall and Susan Clancy Bowles. Judge Hall is in his second term as chief judge of the Kane County Court 16th Circuit. The coronavirus pandemic hit just three months after he was sworn in for his first term. Judge Bowles is the presiding judge for the Kane County Court Civil Division. She's also a candidate for Second District Illinois Appellate Court. They developed their program for teens back in 2015, and it's been adopted by the Illinois Judges Association. And I'll let them tell you what it's all about. We are conducting this interview via Zoom. Judge Susan Clancy Bowles and Judge Clint Hull, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Well, and thank you both for being here. Uh, I don't think anyone wakes up one day and says, I want to create a program about the dangers kids face on the Internet. So, uh, Judge Bowles, uh, let's start with you. What were you both seeing or hearing that prompted this program primarily for middle school students? You know, I think Judge Hull and I both uh, had young kids who were in school um, at the time that we came on the bench, and it, we had always enjoyed uh, interacting with their friends and their activities, and, and it became pretty clear to us when we were going to speak to schools, primarily, primarily at the high school level at that time, uh, that there was a need for this type of a program. We had teachers coming up to us saying that, hey, we're having a real problem with social media and kids not understanding the importance and the problems that they can encounter on the internet. Um, so I think that was, that was the prompt uh, for us to take a look at it, as well as the fact that we had children that were experiencing the same things in our house. And, and Judge Hall, uh, tell me a little bit about what the program was in its initial uh, incarnation and, and what has happened since. Well, I think, you know, going back to 2015, when we started to develop it, 
it was it was pretty much you know this this issue was in its infancy. Um, we hadn't seen a lot of it. Uh, schools didn't know how to react to it. Court system wasn't prepared uh, to deal with it. And so it was really the teachers that, that put us onto this. But what we've seen over the course of the last seven years, at that time, what we thought is this is just going to happen more and more, and it's going to get bigger and bigger, and the consequences are going to grow greater and greater. And unfortunately, the teachers and, and we were right about that. So when we started the program in 2015, no one was talking about this. It was, it was again, one of the first programs of its kind. Now schools uh, have speakers that come in that talk about digital citizenship. Um, this is something that even, you know, they're different school districts that have focused and had different conferences on this. But What's unique about this program, the Worries of the World Wide Web, is it's, it's the view from the bench. Um, what do we see as it comes into our court system? And, and the goal is to educate and prevent juveniles or kids from having to ever come into a courtroom because of a decision that they made uh, due to social media. I think it's fair to say, too, that, that we updated the program here in the last uh, few months, primarily post-pandemic, because kids like all of us have been for the past two years um, communicating more on the internet and online and not in person than ever before. So this program, while it, it it's kind of out of date as, as soon as you make it because there's different apps and there's different ways that kids find to communicate, but um, but we, we really thought it was important to get an updated program and deal with it post-pandemic because of how everybody's been communicating these last few years. And, and I would imagine it's kind of organic that uh, because you, you, whether it's the two of you or other judges around the state, you're walking into a classroom uh, or, or an assembly and if it's live. So you are keeping it up to date by definition. Well, and, and the kid and the kids really help us on that. I mean, we just we were guests of Thornton Fractional uh, and they were wonderful. And uh, but what what Judge Bowles and I both loved is that the questions that came from the students, uh, they're, they're so they're so good and they're so on topic um, that it really, you know, it, it, it keeps us up to date about what's going on. Um, but it also identifies they're thinking about this. They're they're in the midst of it. And so it just, uh, you know, again, really is a, as a positive in that they're willing to engage with us when we're there. And, and so that's, again, TF was fantastic and had great questions and, and we had good interaction. And, and I think it's fair to say, Judge Hull, would you agree with me that what we enjoy the most is that interactions with the kids. Uh, there's nothing better. And, and we built in time at the end of the program for that purpose because and that's great for us because then things are, as we're speaking to the kids, we're not trying to lecture. We, we are giving um, different snippets of what's happened in other kids' lives and how their lives have been blown up by some of this behavior. But clearly something is resonating with these kids in the end when they are asking us questions about well, what about this and what happens if this or so I think we love that. We are going to talk about some of the specific behavior, but I want to uh, take the the long view first, and that is because there's so many things to worry about on the web, from predatory behavior to uh, to provocative activity. What are the most basic things that young people need to understand about this this topic in general? You know, if there's one thing that I think we hope they take away from this program is that 
you cannot control the impact that your words, your tweets, your posts, or your pictures have on the other side of the computer, but you are ultimately 100% responsible or accountable for that material. And, and, I, and I agree 100%. I mean, and I think what Judge Bowles and I have both sat in juvenile delinquency court and what we both uh, agree on 100% is after, after a, a kid um, sends one of these texts or, or does something that could result in them appearing in juvenile court, when they end up appearing in front of us, they're 100% remorseful. I mean, they're, they're, there's no question that they are sorry for what they did and their parents are sorry for what they did. But as Judge Bull said, at that point, once they hit the send button, it's too late. Once that text or that tweet or that picture or that post is out, no matter how sorry you are about how it impacted somebody else, the damage has been done. And so you can be as sorry as you want to be. And again, they, they're, they're 100% remorseful in most cases, but the damage on the other side has been done. And, uh, and it's very hard to see the damage that those, that those bullying texts or the, those pictures or videos have. I think it's fair to say that most of this behavior that we see on the very surface level starts out as some sort of a joke, at least for the people who are sending it or they think it's funny, or they're just exchanging between themselves and, and how you can lose control of that material by forwarding it to the wrong person who then takes total control of it and, and forwards it on. So a lot of times it starts out very innocent, very innocent, but um, it doesn't always end up that way. Mm -hmm. And I think probably a lot of these young people don't think about the fact that they could end up in the justice system. But I, I suspect though, with one uh, bullying, for example, that's probably like the simplest for people to understand threats, harassment. Uh, I think people can understand that that could be criminal, but where does it cross the line from just being cruel to your fellow students or whatever and, and disgusting to being illegal? Well, well, one is, uh, again, I was a prosecutor for 17 years, and, and a lot of it rests uh, with the discretion of the police and the discretion of the, of the state's attorney's office. And so they're the ones that have to receive the complaint and then decide what they're going to do with that. But what we've seen, and again, what, what Judge Bowles just talked about is where it begins to cross that line is when it's repetitive. Uh, it occurs uh, again and again and again, day after day. Um, very often, the parents of the bullied kids have already gotten involved and reached out and tried to tried to work with school officials to to stop it, and it hasn't stopped. And the impact that they're seeing on their son or daughter is so great that it then elevates it to a different level. And so, so again, it, 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 when Judge Bowles talked about, well, we're not trying to scare kids. We're not trying to say that you're never going to make a mistake because everybody makes mistakes. But it's when that mistake is repeated over and over and over again, and it can have a, a, a you know traumatic impact on, on a kid. That's when it can cross that line, and uh, and that's when it does cross the line. But ultimately, it's discretionary with the police and discretionary with the state attorney's office. The judges don't have any any play in that at all. It, they you know we we get the case, and uh, by that time, that decision's already been made. Uh, now I know you, you 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 don't want to scare the kids, but uh, maybe in in some ways we might be doing that because I want to know what are the consequences 
that, for example, in bullying cases where it has been repetitive, where someone has been cruel to a, another person, um, what are the things that they face when they come into the court system? Judge Bowles, you want to you want you want me to start that, or you want to take? Sure, that? go ahead. Okay. Well, well, there's there's a couple different offenses. You know what you had said is there's electronic harassment through an electronic communication device. That's one offense. Disorderly conduct is another type of charge that can come in. Um, and so when they come in uh, and they're under the age of 18, they'll come into our juvenile court system when a petition is filed. And then one of the things that Judge Bowles and I'm going to go off a little bit on a tangent, but one of the things that Judge Bowles and I talk about is. And a lot of before before all this happened, when when a complaint was made or something came in front of us, you know, there, it'd be a credibility issue. You'd have two sides that would argue about what happened. When you're talking about these threats that are being posted and sent, that part is gone. The evidence the evidence is right there in front of us, um, and so it's really not hard for the state to prove their case uh, if it gets to the level where it comes in. The consequences vary. Um, you know, again, the, the goal of juvenile court is to is to work on rehabilitation, to try to teach and correct rather than to be punitive. So the the different sentences or the different punishments can be things from, you know, being on a level of supervision where they have to meet with a probation officer, uh, being ordered to complete community service hours. The one thing that really captures their attention is when we uh, say that you know we can restrict their use of their social media sites. Um, and the minute you say that, man, they're the kids that aren't paying attention, pay attention, eyes pop open. And Judge Bowles, I'll let you go on as far as uh, how that goes. No, I, you're exactly right with that. I mean, one thing that we try and emphasize to the kids is once they're in juvenile court, their time actually becomes my time. I get to dictate to them you know, what they can do, when they can do it, and who they can do it with. And, and no young person wants that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not a good thing. That's not a good place to be. So um, as far as the consequences, Judge Hull's exactly right. One of the video clips we show in this program is of a fight. Uh, two girls who are on a bus waiting for another girl to come on the bus with the intent to beat her up, and one is videotaping the entire thing. Um, and that is direct evidence that can come into court about this assault, about this behavior, whether, whether it's an aggravated battery or whatever it might be. Um, and so it's in, in most young kids, uh, sadly, have viewed a fight before in school or in the hallway or somewhere else. And we talk about the fact that, you know, in today's world, everybody has a phone pretty much on them all the time. And they can take out that smartphone and they'll videotape an event or they'll take a picture um, and that's how these things get to us ultimately are proved up by the state in our courtroom. So um, primarily by the time they get to the courtroom, uh, as Judge Hull said, we're in charge of their free time. And that's just, that doesn't make a lot of young people happy. <laughs> You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about teens, the web and the law. My guests are Kane County Judges Susan Bowles and Clint Hull, who created a program called Worries of the World Wide Web. Well, I want to switch from bullying to another activity that uh, I, I guess is uh, is can be prevalent, uh, sexting, lewd texts or pictures. Um, for, first, is, is it more common than we might otherwise expect? It It is. It is sadly. It, yes, this is how young people communicate today. Um, it, it will 
tell my age, but we, you know, we used to write notes and pass notes and fold them up in all these different fun ways and pass notes. But um, young people today uh, send pictures and request pictures from each other. And, and quite frankly, will send pictures unsolicited of themselves. Uh, and that's how we get into trouble. That's their way of flirting in today's world. Um, so it, we talk about that. We talk about that a lot, about people sending pictures, about getting a picture that you might not have asked for, um, but all of a sudden you have that picture. Uh, so it, it's, it's the way they communicate. And Craig, one of the things I'd like to add on to that is at one of the video clips, because what we try to do is we try to make the presentation interactive. And what we try to do is intersperse uh, clips from actual stories, not only here in Illinois, but across the country. And one of the video clips that we play is uh, from a sexting scandal that occurred out in Colorado at a high school where the high school kids used a vault app to try to hide these pictures. And they interviewed three of the students and, and they asked the exact same question you asked, how prevalent is this? And uh, the 16 year old kind of, she looked into the camera and she was talking and she said, you know, it, it happens a lot. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, but it's just so easy. And she said, sexting is the new flirting. And I just always think about that line uh, because it's just, you know, it's something that's happening. And, and when we do this in the schools, uh, unfortunately, you know, we, we again, we started at the high school level. But what, what we were told by the teachers and what we could see is the high school level wasn't by that time. A lot of behaviors had already been, you know, th th it was really too late. And so we needed to hit six, sixth, seventh and eighth graders. And a lot of times when we're talking to eighth graders and we start talking about sexting, um, they're, they're well aware of what we're talking about, which, which again, gives us an indication that it's, it's happening. And it, it is, it's always interesting to us because when we're talking about this particular topic and we talk about, you know, specifically, we're talking about having a picture possibly on your phone of someone under the age of 18 um, who is nude or partially nude, uh, perhaps in a compromising position, something like that. And you can see in the audience people perk up and, and that a light bulb goes off in their head. And, and we say, we're not going to ask who has a picture like that on your phone. But if you do, then you need to pay attention to what we're going to be talking about here this morning. And a, a lot of our questions at the end revolve around possible pictures on phones or how they got that, or what do we do now? And uh, so it, it, it resonates every single time with the kids. And, and there are levels to this too, because uh, I mean, and, and again, here's it, it's the uh, when where does it cross the line uh, uh, question, because some kids may think, well, this is just between me and my girlfriend or boyfriend, and it's consensual. We're both agreeing to it. Um, so what's the problem? And what's the problem? Well, and, what, and again, going back to the presentation, what we talk about is the very fact that many kids in the, in the situation you just described believed it's private and it'll just be kept between us. But what ends up happening is that the person who receives that picture at some point decides they want to share that picture with one friend. And then that one picture, uh, that one friend decides to share it with another friend or, uh, you know, other kids that are on their team or in, and then and then what happens a lot where it crosses that line is then all of a sudden the parent of the kid who's in the picture 
gets wind that all of a might be a call from a friend that said, Hey, do you, do you know that, you know, my son has a picture of your daughter or that this is going, and then they go down to the police department and, uh, or they go to the school officials. And then that's where it starts to, to, again, cross that line. Because again, if you think if you're the mom or the dad of the kid who sent that picture, um, you know, when you know that that picture is now being distributed, uh, it crosses a line real quick. And, and, and then ultimately the school and then sometimes the police are involved. But one of the things that you asked about was, you know, the difference between 2015 and 2022. School districts really didn't know how to deal with it in 2015. Um, uh, now in 2022, I think that they're much more accustomed to how to, how to address this. And, and it doesn't always end up in the court system. And, and it's fair to say, too, that the school districts whether this behavior happens actually in school or not, the districts still have to get involved. Oftentimes it happens at athletic events when, when kids are traveling um, and pictures are taken and things of that sort. And, and talking about crossing the line, you, obviously there's possession of pornography, what can be considered pornography. And then as Judge Hull said, the distribution part, which then is a much uh, more severe uh, potential crime if you're distributing, which forwarding on a picture uh, that that can be considered pornography. So that's where it gets serious pretty quickly. And again, the kids don't understand that. We've been mostly talking about this from the, uh, to use the uh, police term, the perpetrator's side of it. But do you also have to talk about things from the victim side of it? during these presentations, because you're talking about young people who may be affected by it and what happens to them and, and what can they do? Sadly, uh, that has been the biggest change to the program in the update that we did, um, because as I stated in the beginning, the fact that you don't have control, that the impact will have on the other side of the screen and being responsible for that um, we're seeing suicide, suicides as a result of, of bullying or different um, behaviors that are occurring. Uh, one of the videos we show, uh, a mentally disabled girl ultimately hurts herself as a result of bullying texts and, and being coaxed into behavior. So uh, really important for us to communicate that impact and what is happening on the other side and, and to the victims, so to speak. The great, um, the great, great question and a great and a great point. I mean, really a great point because again, going back to that remorse, you know, there's no question people don't understand the impact that it can have, and when it has that type of impact, and they're sorry and they're they're crying and they're upset, it's just it's too late. It's too late at that point, and that's what we want to say. You know, I, I guess again, one of the things we talk about is the fact that kids have their phones on everybody, but most people, I can't say everybody, twenty four seven. And so somebody may be angry or somebody may get upset or, or one of these kids may make a decision to send something. And in the past, like Sue said, showing our age, you'd have to write a note. The note would have to get passed on. And at some point, you know, your anger would dissipate or you'd realize it's a bad decision. Now it's a, you hit send. You're angry. You hit send. You're trying to you hit send. And and once you hit send, it's too late. So, you know, you may you know, you may have made a bad decision, but you can't take it back. And and that's the killer, because then it has such a negative impact as well. And I think one of the most poignant parts of the program is at the very end when the kids are leaving the assembly, um, we have a video uh, played to the Graveheart 
theme music. So really strong, impactful music. And it is um, just young teenagers who've committed suicide as a result of bullying or uh, internet behaviors of some sort. And it goes through and just gives a little snippet of the age and why the person took their life. And the kids as they're leaving the assembly are constantly looking over their shoulder, trying to see as this video continues, because it's a, it's a number, sadly, it's, it's a huge number of kids from all around the world, quite frankly. Mm. Um, and we are in, a, in a, an age when there are so many different platforms and some things that kids think are fun, but are, are the platforms themselves uh, becoming problems? For example, I know you guys know, are aware of and, and talk about TikTok, which, you know, is, is a forum for kids to kind of show off for a few seconds. And I, I would wonder if that's not a, 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 an encouragement of this kind of behavior. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen and heard all, we, we fortunately have not had in our jurisdiction, you know, the TikTok challenge cases, which has been, you know, vandalize a bathroom, uh, you know, hit a teacher, um, you know, that I think, and I think it's a testament to our school districts in Illinois, they're on top of this, you know, D303, our, our school district, they're on, they, they were one of the first ones to be on top of it, but throughout the state, the school districts do a fantastic job of educating the kids. And so we don't see those as much as you might think, which is great, but but it definitely plays into what you're talking about. <laughs> um, let me let me ask, what surprises the teenagers the most when you're doing these presentations? That's I think the the biggest surprise is what the potential issues are related to pictures, having pictures on your phone. Uh, when you didn't ask for them. That's one, and we get a lot of questions about that. And also about uh, then forwarding on pictures or having your device used by someone else to forward on pictures. And so why am I responsible for that? Uh, you know, it, that accountability is, is probably the biggest surprise. Like, hey, I, this isn't my fault. Hmm. But, and one of the... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. No, would you say that as well? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And one of the things that's great is that, that, that what comes out of this, just you alluded to this in the beginning, I didn't ask for this picture. You know, somebody just sent it to me. What, what is my responsibility? I didn't want it. I still don't want it. So what do I do? And, and it's great to be able to tell them, hey, what the law says is if you didn't ask for it, you can't get in trouble for it. But you have a, you, you need to tell somebody, you need to tell a teacher, you need to tell a parent which is not always the easiest thing to do when you're talking about a nude picture that you got set and you need to get rid of it. But, but again, going to the, you know, we get a lot of really good questions that talk about, you know, how do I avoid this? What do I need to do so I don't get in trouble? And, and that's encouraging because that means that the program that we're, that we're doing is working. And one of the, one of the things we open with, and I, and I go back to that fight video that we show because in that particular situation, both the girl who was the aggressor and, and was hitting the other girl was charged as well as the person who was taking the video. Um, and so we get a lot of questions about that. If, if I'm in the hallway and I'm, I take a video of the fight that's happening, am I gonna get in trouble? 
well, no, you know, no, that's that it wasn't the point. I mean, here it's like, no, yeah, they were planning it. So it's right, these two girls were planning, were, were waiting for this girl to come onto the bus. So it's it's a lot of reality check kind of questions and surprises about accountability. Um, we only have about a minute or so left, uh, but uh, what has surprised you the most uh, as in, in doing this over the years? For me, it's how how prevalent it is. Uh, I, again, I think sometimes I live in a bubble, and I and I'd like to think that that it shouldn't or doesn't happen in our community, and that's a hundred percent wrong. Because the different school districts we go to, everybody have the same issues. Everybody, you know, I mean, uh, and so so again, it it just the fact that it's out there, the fact it's going to continue to be out there, and uh, I guess that surprises me. It disappoints me, but but in the end. You know, it's reality and we have to work together with school districts and communities to make sure that we educate and, and try to prevent it from happening. Sue? I, you know, I would 100% agree with that. I, I think that uh, the kids think generally this won't happen to me, uh, that, that attitude. And so uh, unfortunately, because the internet is so prevalent, this is going to continue to, to occur. And and I'm always surprised where I think if when I have a young person in front of me in a courtroom, kind of what were you thinking? Really, what were you thinking? You know? <laughs> and the answer very often is I wasn't. <laughs> you know, I was about to say those of us who've, uh, who have children uh, know that, that that is, in fact, the answer. I would love to thank Kane County Judges Susan Bowles and Clint Hall for spending this half hour with us. Thank you both so much. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website, WBBMNewsRadio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue. I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.